Breaking the News with the Chris and Andre Show. Welcome to Breaking the News, where we scour the globe for the most interesting stories and give you our opinion on it so that you know how we feel and you don't have to go looking for them. Uh, Let's see. Andre, why don't you go ahead and kick things off with the first story this week? All right. The headline of this story is cash stuffing. What it is and why it's popular with Gen Z. Well, like everything else that Gen Z does, it's just a rehashing of something that's been around for a long time. If you've ever heard of envelope budgeting or the more modern version, like a tool like you need a budget, you put money in an envelope, once you run out of money in the envelope, you're done spending. If you want to add more money to groceries, you have to take it from somewhere else. It's not new, guys. Uh, Doesn't deserve a headline. I'm I'm not trying to crap on Gen Z, but I will just be honest in saying like, I think that journalists are, are stretching for things to talk about. Um, yeah, I was pretty disappointed. Like, I read the headline, and I was like, ooh, cash stuffing. That sounds like a new sexy trend. Um, and then I read what it was, and I was like, wait, this isn't... I thought it was, like, stuffing cash into your mattress, you know, like they used to do back in the day, at least. Like, no, this yeah. is literally just, like, a very simple budgeting tool. Uh, so, yeah, overall, kind of boring. Maybe it didn't deserve to be the first story that we talked about today. But I think really the point is, like, Gen Z, you need to come up with your own shtick. Like, stop just stealing stuff <laughs> from the previous generations. Come but up with your own stuff. Can we blame them for this, or should we blame the journalists for trying to make Gen Z a target? Can't we blame both? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, this is some sad news. If you still live in the Raleigh-Durham area, Raleigh-Durham being the city, Raleigh-Durham, it's one city, no, (laughs) smushed them together, no. Uh, The two cities, Raleigh and Durham, apparently fell on the list of most popular places to live, or is it best places to live? Best places to live, 2022. Uh, Raleigh and- That's not a new new thing for them. They've earned that quite a bit. Yes, they have, but now they're like, they're tumbling down just, just just a touch. I'm sure it'll go back up once Apple moves in uh, full time and everybody will want to live in Raleigh again uh, but yeah you know it's, it's one of those things I think like it's it's bound to happen right you can't be on top all the time but uh, <laughs> especially with the way the traffic and things have been going in the Raleigh area I can kind oh, of understand yeah. and the uh, the cost of living is obviously going up as well there so that may I think both of those things kind of played a factor here but yeah I don't I don't dislike this the article I, I do believe that uh, a city or metros like cost of living should be a factor. I don't like these lists of like best place to live because everybody's situation is different. Um, and I do think the, the critiques are very fair. But it also made a very interesting point in the article that it's it's relatively cheaper to live here than San Francisco, right? Um, so it's cheaper to live almost anywhere now. than San Francisco, though. So <laughs> so it's it's not like a, it's not a fair comparison. I don't really hate it. I will say that there, you know, for just as many people that are moving here for more than likely a job, there are more people moving out because the climate here is becoming just like every other southern entity in the southeast so you know not a bad article some truth to the headline now when you say climate you mean like the temperature or the (laughs) like just is that like a metaphor for the racism yeah okay yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
I just wanted to make sure I was, we were on the same page. I'm like, I don't feel like the temperature, the weather has changed all that much outside. In Today's the last, racism like, will be moderately years. high with a chance of overcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's something we need to add to the podcast, your, your racist forecast. Yeah. <laughs> Speak. I, I have a suit. I can totally make that work. <laughs> Going back to the economy and, and trying to get things back to normal, I think that uh, the false... Uh, and manufactured inflation is forcing the Fed to do something it hasn't done since 1994. And that's to increase interest rates. And, and if you're a, a student of economics and history, you can thank Bill Clinton and the uh, Greenspan era of just the 6%, 7% interest rates. But to be honest and to be fair, I think that manufactured inflation and manufactured demand is terrible for the economy altogether. On my way into uh, Raleigh this morning, as a matter of fact, I heard an, an economist say, we can actually do something about this by not paying higher prices. And I was like, she gets it, but that's her job. I'm like, we've talked about that before. It's all manufactured. The more you continue to hoard and buy things that you don't need, the quicker and more justified companies feel in raising the prices. I mean, you remember it was two years ago with toilet paper, right? I mean, like, everybody freaked out about, like, the potential that toilet paper was going to be hard to come by. And what happened? Toilet paper became really hard to come by. Like, that was yeah. a manufactured shortage, essentially. And now we're seeing the price go up. And now we've yeah. seen the prices go up. And, I mean, we did the same thing with lumber and building materials and all of these other things over the last couple of years. And so, uh, yeah, I think ultimately, like, it's time that the Fed stop keeping the interest rate just like abysmally low and i mean i say abysmally like it's great except that it has this outcome so ultimately like yeah it's kind of abysmal uh it's just always interesting to me that you know, we've talked about it on this podcast before like people tout you know the benefits of capitalism and free market and all this stuff and it's like we don't actually exist in a truly free market like we have right. regulations we have you know federal interest rates things that are designed to kind of control and provide some level of safeguards on the economy overall or just you know the market and so this is obviously just one of those things where it's about time that this happened and in the long run it's going to actually be a benefit for all of us as opposed to this panic but it's also at the same time kind of creating more panic in this moment because people are like oh my god interest rates are going up i gotta run out and buy stuff while interest rates are low i gotta refinance my house while interest before they go up even further and so uh stop it stop it people stop it <laughs> stop it uh, this next one's a hyper-local story for me and a little bit for Joe. Joe, is Southport in New Hanover County? No, okay, so it's just we're, for we're, me. Then. I can see it from where, I'm, where, I, where I live. Yeah, you could spit it's on right it. All, right, right across the water, yeah. But no, <laughs> we're, we're, we're safe from New Hanover County. Lucky you. Uh, <laughs> for those of you who've been living under a rock for the last couple of months, I guess, or at least the last month, we had a primary election here recently. And uh, one of the biggest things that was going on was a vying for a county commission. Uh, and there were signs all over the place. I talked about this guy, Tom Toby. I'm Toby! What you gonna say now? I'm, I'm sorry? Toby! Toby! Okay, Toby! Okay, Toby! Okay, Toby! Okay. 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 
who was running for county commissioner, who was using both red and blue versions of his signs, I think, to try and like communicate. To really confuse people. Yeah, yeah. I, you don't know which side to vote for. I, that was really popular <laughs> this time around, I noticed. Like, lots of red and blue signs, like different versions of the same sign, essentially. Uh, I, as a registered independent, actually decided to vote on the Republican ticket because I was thinking along this lines, tell me if I'm crazy, maybe if I help to kind of choose some reasonable <laughs> Republicans, it won't be like some nut job versus some nut job. Like, not that I necessarily think that the Democratic side is that much better, but I do feel like in general, they kind of have a uh, less hard time uh, picking more like kind of center leaning people. So uh, I don't know. I, ultimately, I don't think that it really worked. The, the U.S. Uh, Senate candidate, not Senate, uh, representative candidate that I voted for did not win. Um, she actually seemed like a fairly reasonable person based on what I had, the research that I had done. Um, but yeah, so... And by research, you mean Google. Oh, yes, <laughs> Google, but then reading, like, what was it? Uh, the... Yeah, man. He went to his. He went to her house, knocked on the door, and asked for a tea party. Well, I went on Ballotpedia. Every, vote, and I, every every counts. I looked at her <laughs> website, and I looked at her like her campaign website. I looked at the articles in the newspaper where okay. they had done. I'm just giving know, you a hard time. Oh, I know you are, but I'm just saying, like, it's it's not that hard to actually do your own research, and I mean, like, literally do your own research, as in research, read the research that other people have done, not like, yeah, go out and ask her face to face, like, so what do you think about these things? Um, yeah, so basically this story was all about... I got way off kilter here. I apologize okay. for that, everybody. But the story was that That's we have good. all of these candidates that were running for county commissioner. We had seven different candidates on both between the two sides that were running for county commissioner. Uh, I don't even know who won you know, the primaries, but they'll have, a, they'll have a runoff here in November. I'm sure it'll be lovely. Very few politics and, like, you know, uh, what do you call it? Talking points. Very cordial. Thrown yeah, around. Very yeah, cordial. very cordial. <laughs> Nobody will say anything horrible about well, that. If it opponent. makes you feel better, I did the opposite of your strategy. I, I figured that the Republicans in, uh, in where I live can kill themselves all quite nicely without my help. Um, and so I tried to at least pick somebody that was a Democrat that actually did their job. Um, I don't think I was successful in very many instances, except for my uh, pick for uh, U.S. Senate, Cheryl Beasley. So, for the most part, yeah, I think we're thinking along the same lines of, like, can we get some reasonable people to do their job, or at least vie for the opportunity like to that. do their job, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of reasonable, and, like, uh, this is for all you QAnon people out there, the, uh, the, the U.S. Army PSYOPs, these guys thought it was a great idea to make a commercial. So I'm trying to think back, and in the article it made a point of, do you ever see like Delta Force doing advertisements? Nope. But I remember when I was growing up, I saw a Navy SEAL commercial. Um, so it's and was this the one where they were all laying down in the water and you couldn't see them? Uh, yeah, or, so it's that one and yeah. they're uh, under a boat or something like that. So these things aren't unheard of, but the PSYOPs team, they kind of like... I don't know. They just let the genie out of the out of the bottle on this one. What do they do, dude? They're totally talking about how, you know who's the you know if there's a puppet master who's pulling the strings. All right, the U.S. military and government do not, especially the CIA, do not have a very good reputation in Central and South America for you know being our, the puppet yeah, master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
I don't know if that was the, the angle they really wanted to uh, take, but you know. Eh. Yeah, hey man, everything's learning curves. We did made a couple of mistakes. We're probably doing something great now, right? How's that going? No, Qaddafi, I mean, uh, Osama bin Laden. There's a lot of people on our on our uh, track record of that we either trained, armed, or put in position of power. Or all three. It, or all three, <laughs> and it did not turn out very. Well. Yeah. The enemy of my enemy is my enemy, right? No, yeah. wait, that's, they are now. Um, yeah, the the whole video, I mean, like, I can kind of understand wanting to recruit. That No, I can't. <laughs> okay, I guess. I, I can, from a marketing standpoint. I want to know the marketing firm that they hired to make that, though, because those... It was those, probably in-house, too. It might have been. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it was pretty, pretty high-tech. You, you think that the Army could really pull that off? So to be yeah, actually I do. <laughs> to be fair, um, the the psyops team has been in the news like twice in the last what, eighteen months or twenty four months. Last year, January during January sixth, a former psyops uh, colonel, I believe she was, or an officer, went to the to the uh, capital to, to the capital building. So I don't know if they're trying. They need to figure out something about getting their brand out there. But they're not doing a very good job right now. Maybe that's what she was trying to do, just get their brand out there. <laughs> she was actually actively recruiting. Like she just she was standing on the lawn like handing out pamphlets to people. Hey, come join yeah. Psyops. We'd love for you to join. What's funny is uh, I actually read another story recently that was talking about the diversity problem that America's intelligence agencies are facing right now and how they've been they've been like well aware of it for some time and have done absolutely nothing to try and like solve it or even even like try, you know. <laughs> well, I, which is I, not surprising, but well, I, I look at the whole diversity thing as you uh, you can advertise a job, but you hire from where you recruit. So if you only recruited certain places, you're probably only going to get certain people to you know to uh, fill your out with them. We are everywhere. Um, but I do believe that how we look at diversity in and of itself should be it's probably a little bit more holistic than that. And I don't think any company should have a diversity plan. I think they should probably like diversify where they recruit at. Well, um, but is it, isn't that in and of itself a diversity plan? Sure. I mean, the semantics. <laughs> but, like, I'm sure there are... Um, Mister, it's not complicated. It's complex. But I don't want to get into semantics. Well, I mean, I'm sure there are non-Caucasian <laughs> people that go to, like, uh, uh, Virginia Tech or they go to uh, MIT or they go to Stanford. Yeah. But, like, what about HBCUs or what about, like, a non ivy league or or whatever you call the not like the lower ivy league schools yeah i mean those those are just things i would i would look at it that way or did you look at schools with uh, a different demographic that's probably got like more of a, a blend of a demographic that's probably a more organic way to have diversity yeah. semantics uh this last story talks about something I think we all knew was bound to happen sooner rather than later. Gosh. Donald Trump is selling Truth Social. Shocking. Uh, he apparently used oh, it for like the second time ever most recently to try and endorse at the very last minute the Madison Cawthorn. failing Madison Cawthorn who has been ousted from his seat 16 months after being elected as the youngest congressman in U.S. history. Um yeah, so apparently the company that is buying it is warning all of their investors, all right, we're buying True Social, but just remember, everything else this man touches has failed. 
<laughs> which I think is pretty great. Uh, just in the fact that they're, I mean, I guess on the one hand, I'm very confused. Like, why are you buying it if everything he touches has turned to shit before? But on the other hand, maybe their theory is like, we buy low and then we'll sell high. Or maybe they are high and that's why they're buying it. I think all things can be true at the same time. There um, there, I know there was a 24% stock jump when they were announcing plans to sell. But I really don't care. Like, if he gets paid out of this deal, that means they're just more gullible people. Uh, if you look at uh, Elon Musk, like, screw around with Twitter. I don't care about their stock price. I don't care about their product. Like, we give these people way too much oxygen in the room. And I think that if they buy Truth Social, I hope they lose a lot of money. Whoever they, they are. They probably will. I mean, what's, what are they going to do? I hope they do. I hope they lose money. <laughs> and I hope that we can, I hope we get rid of the SEC because they're like the mo- one of the most useless government agencies on the planet. Like oh, well, just- didn't, didn't you hear? Like, that's basically all the government agencies are essentially being uh, neutered at this point. They, there, there was another story recently where a, uh, a judgment, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. I think it was in the fifth uh, appeals district or something like that where it basically said that the sec didn't have the authority to uh impose sanctions on somebody for something I'd, i'll have to find this and send it to you yeah but that, that'd be great it the, <laughs> a lot of people are freaking out because they they are basically reading it as this is the end of like that all government agencies will now have to litigate like not litigate but um what do you call it? Go through the courts, essentially, in order to have any of their stuff actually, like, affirmed and imposed. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but... Hmm. We'll find out. We will find out. Anyways, that's it for Breaking the News this week, where we cover the top stories, give you our take on it. Chris goes long-winded on one of them, so it takes way longer for us to get through <laughs> than it should. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Andre. And he's Fireside Joe, and we'll be back next week with some more Breaking the News. Hey guys, it's Chris from the Chris and Andre Show here. Just wanted to say thanks for checking out our show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would, subscribe, like, make sure to hit the notification bell so you get alerts when we post new videos, and leave a comment with your favorite part of the most recent episode that you watched. We'll see you on the next one.